Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the DXM Podcast. I am your host, Colborn Bell. We are joined today uh, by data scientist, artist, uh, and developer, Chain Left. Welcome. Hi, Colborn. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's exciting to have you today. Always kind of look for, um, well, people who care and people who are passionate uh, and you know, your, your knowledge of the history, the things that you've been doing, uh, you know, it, it caught our eye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's fun, you know, NFT space still has a lot of, uh, areas to explore, uh, and, uh, ex- you know, looking at the past of it as well is very interesting to kind of draw inspiration for the future as well. So would love for you, in your own words, to explain to the audience uh, a bit, perhaps, about yourself and uh, what brings you here today, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, Chainlift, this is my uh, pseudo-anonymous name uh, in NFT space. Uh, so, you know, if you are somehow viewing the video form of this, you probably won't see my face. Uh, I usually tend to be pseudo-anonymous. Um, I'm... Uh, I live in Central Europe, although I'm not originally from here. I've uh, immigrated quite a few times, uh, uh, and, and maybe not even in the best terms for my original country. Um, I'm a data scientist by trade, uh, so that's what I do uh, in my daily job, although I do this less and less since, I guess, my career has progressed a little bit, uh, as that happens. I used to build uh, you know, uh, like machine learning algorithms in fintech space that focused on uh, alternative credit scoring. Um, for people who without the banking history. Uh, now I'm more focused on predictive models in digital uh, commerce. But yeah, uh, from, a, from an, uh, I guess, crypto side, I've been in crypto since 2017, uh, but got into NFTs really in the first half of t- 2021. Uh, and I already started making art in, 2000, like NFT art, let's say, or blockchain art in 2021, but haven't pushed anything to mainnet until 2022. I actually don't have a very long art career, I guess, uh, if, if we can call it that way. Um, yeah, I've done uh, some street art and photography in the past, but mostly as a hobby. Um, I guess you could say I did get a glimpse of playing with digital art, art uh, when, when, you know, because data and data visualization and, and stuff like that, these are very much, uh, you know, parameterizing your outputs with the like visual outputs with data. These are pretty familiar for, I think, any data scientist. So, uh, I guess I did get a glimpse there, but you know, I really started doing digital art in 2021 and 2022. Um, and my main interest has been mostly medium native art, so the the kind of art that you can only do with blockchains. Um, and I mean this not not just technically, but also conceptually, right? So uh, you know, I, I usually get very interested in concepts like uh, like permanence, uh, ownership, dynamism, uh, coordination, and of course, you know, as my I guess, pseudonymous name would state collectivism as well. Uh, so those are kind of my main interest areas in this uh, space. And these are the kinds of uh, works that I've been doing myself and also, you know, collecting myself as well. So let's run it linearly. I'd love to know kind of just first what excited you about crypto in 2017. Yeah. Um, so obviously heard about crypto before, but, uh, you know, for me, just maybe coming, looking at maybe, maybe it's even not very uh, smart to do it that way, but I usually looked at the type of people who told me about crypto at the time, like in 2013 and then 2012 and so on. And uh, at the time I didn't get too much interested in it. Um, I think I got really interested in 
crypto in 2017 because of smart contracts, really. Uh, I think it, it is the case for a lot of artists, I think, in this space. Uh, like people tend, to, artists have tend to have a bit more uh, interest in these uh, programmable uh, functions of the blockchain, I think. Um, smart contracts, the ability to build uh, kind of communities around a, a contract, essentially, uh, in a permissionless way, that's pretty interesting, I think, for a lot of people. Um, the Some of the use cases that were mentioned at the time, uh, like DAOs and so on, th these were pretty interesting, I think, for me at the time. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is how I got really interested in crypto at the time. Look, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the allure of the smart contracts, that ability to kind of like organize inf and program information and value on the Internet was was so novel that it just like could could not be missed. Um, how about let's let's bring it then to NFTs. What uh, got you interested there? Well, uh, you know, I mean, looking at my past, uh, I had a, a, a you know I didn't really study art. Uh, I did take optional, like just my by my own choice, uh, art courses in the past, and and I did you know play with these uh, different. I guess, uh, mediums like street art and so on. Uh, so I already had interest in that. So when I saw NFTs, I guess it immediately struck out as finally a way for artists actually to, mm. to kind of gain some uh, acceptance and, and uh, sort of, uh, I guess, value out of their work. So that, that was very big for me, like in, in NFT space. Um, I've never really bought any <laughs> PFPs or anything like that since I've joined. Maybe one or two if if I liked the artwork itself, but never really, um, you know, got into that type of uh, that side of NFTs. Um, mostly, have been interested in the art side of it, uh, and and yeah, I'm, I've been uh, I think enjoying mostly that part of it. Uh, and of course, you know what I liked the most, in, or what what got me into NFTs, which is this side of you know artists getting recognition. Um, maybe isn't even the same as what I like about NFTs now, because right now I very much really like the, I mean, of course, I, I, I love that artists are getting recognition, but I now like the the new concepts that are being brought to life with mm. NFTs itself. That's, that's what I really enjoy a lot these days. Mm. Maybe... You know, now would be a good time to kind of talk about some of those new concepts or some of those artists that have been inspiring for you. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I guess like one, and this is not, you know, unique to me, I think like you, you, you will hear it from a lot of artists, but I think the concept of ownership, right, that that's kind of uh, starts off as a very interesting uh, topic of conversation, I think. Like, uh, you know, what is the art, what is the token, and, and so on. Mm. And I'm sure you had these conversations before. Uh, I know you had these conversations before yeah, I listened yeah. to your podcast. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this is, this is like, a, you know, a very interesting topic, of obviously. Um, and and it's, it's interesting already in the traditional art world, actually, right? You have a piece of paper saying that, or deed, that, that tells you that you own the artwork. But uh, in, I think crypto becomes even more... Uh, I guess highlighted because there's so much together the the, the metadata and the, the art itself versus mm -hmm. the token. Um, like I guess 
an obvious and very clear example, Ria Myers, right? Like she she did that a lot. Uh, Neely Werner did it a lot in 2014. Not that I knew those things when they were doing it. I'm you know I've discovered this in 2021, really. But it's it is really inspiring to see those uh, you know artists early on challenging these uh, you know concepts at the time. So that's definitely one that I really uh, am interested in. What are your thoughts on that, actually? Well, you know, like, I, I have always told people, one, you don't own the art, you own the token. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I believe that when somebody... I prescribe to the idea that, like, Web3 is reorganizing kind of the social fabric of how we relate to one another and how we kind of engage in economies of ownership. So I kind of believe that once the art is distributed um, in this format, that really the art is for everybody. And there is just a, as legitimate a use case to somebody that right click saves it and has it and shares it and spreads it, um, you know, that, that can be deemed ownership, but there is really only one uh, token. And I think that token is a signifier of like the act of creation. And it is, um, you know, kind of, it's, it's something else other than the arts, right? It's, it's a, it's a symbolic act of ownership, uh, both the artist taking ownership over like the idea the concept and that act of creation. And so much of, uh, like, the intent behind it is what I believe the art to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, it's it's funny. Like, uh, it, I think a lot of people got a, got this uh, eureka moment, or or maybe almost like enlightenment with the the qualia about the the ownership that that comes with the ownership, right? Like, the, that that is a that is an additional qualia on top of actually experiencing and enjoying the art. Um, and I think like. There is, a, of course, there are still a lot of people who don't really understand that, maybe. But, uh, but I think that that's really interesting, like how and 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 I myself, even though I, I knew about this, like actually experiencing with NFTs, like the ownership of something, like some artist that you really like, like ownership of an artwork that came from an artist that you really like, that uh, that ownership of that token, at least, uh, that that is really that, that's an additional quality, definitely, on top of. The, the actual experience you get with the art. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's exciting to me that art in this medium really gets set free, you yeah. know, because so much of the the art, physical art that exists is, that is, you know, considered to be valuable is generally held in free ports or it could be held in museum vaults or it's held in private residences. And it's really held in places that, that nobody ever gets to see it or experience yeah. it. Um, you know, and I loved the the early metaverse days, whether it was crypto voxels or Somnium space when we were kind of around and you would see art that you might have owned in somebody else's gallery just as an image. And yeah. you know, for them to care so much to display it and showcase it. And you know, that was um that's for me that's very cool. I'm I'm very much of this idea that like Everything should be CCO. Everything should be shared. Um, if you feel a connection to it, then then share it. You don't need to own it. Uh, I I I kind of like that commonality that this 
medium invited. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I personally would think that way as well. But I also understand like some, it maybe not all artists are there yet, like in terms of that, that idea of, you know, CC zero and so on. But yeah, yeah uh, I, I fully agree with you. I think I mentioned earlier, right? Like the street art, for example, is very interesting in that medium because you you make the art on this very durable bricks and stones and, you know, but also there is a very high chance that it will not be permanent. It's, it's very transitory because, you know, it will get cleaned up and so on. So there's this like always this... Uh, concept of uh, almost being temporary right in in, in street art while mm -hmm. on the other hand on the other side of it like on the completely opposite spectrum you have uh, digital art and the whole you know nft space itself especially but also even our daily lives right attention span is very low and and you know people's attention can move away and in the nft space i think that's like almost hyper like even even more um so I think that concept of uh, permanence is very interesting, it's interesting for me as well. Like, uh, you know, you, you, if you can actually prove the permanence of something that will always exist, that will always, that's why I got into this, uh, you know, sort of this on-chain art uh, a lot as well, uh, on-chain art moments, like kind of trying to, you know, reach as much permanence as we can and sort of, uh, and there are other reasons behind this, by the way, but, you know, like behind my on-chain, I guess, journey. But uh, yeah, like, uh, that concept is very interesting you know i was having yeah i was having this conversation today with the you know other co-founder director of the museum shivani about uh this very thing i think it's few and far between the people that have the interest in actually going backwards we live in in such like a, a fomo driven society that everybody is always looking reaching searching for kind of that new and next thing um and frankly, I, I find it to be incredibly exhausting. Uh, but, you know, maybe what compels you to, to like, look backwards and, and care about what came before? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, this, this uh, I, I guess you're, you're talking about this uh, historical sort of uh, moment of NFTs, or is that, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just your general interest. I find it rare, you know, uh, the, and the people that do it are incredibly passionate. Um, and, you know, for the first time, it's it's also easier because everything is, you know, there and recorded on chain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. I guess it's easier definitely than, you know, chasing the trend of the day or meta of the week that we always have in this NFT space. So that's for sure. Um, for me, I also agree with you that, you know, it's definitely less exhausting. It's, it's definitely easier to, you know, look back and say, okay, these are the things that existed in the past and, and that's, those are the things that uh, we can collect. Um, it, I do find that in the last one year or so, I, I do think that it's become a little harder from the perspective of, because uh, there are a lot of debates in the historical entity space regarding like how to track the provenance, how to uh, maybe assign sort of value to things and, and so on. So there's like, there is, there are difficulties there as well, but I, I do find this a little more at least philosophical and uh, interesting at, at least than than mm. you know, trying to understand why the meta of today is I don't know or last <laughs> week is checks and what is the meta of this week is I don't know something else. It's very, it's very, it's very much at least more in my zone of interest. Yeah. Um, my 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 interest really came from that, of course. One like like you said, 
this being more, uh, I guess, clear, as this clearer. Um, but then uh, also just the fact that, you know, looking at the history and, and understanding these uh, early, uh, like the, these people who were early to explore these really interesting areas of NFT space is also a little inspiring, right? Like you can actually, uh, you know, reflect that on your own work today. Like when you when you see what they have done, it's kind of starts to make sense. And then, okay, they had the, they had done these things that were that that with the tools that that was available to them at the time. And and now, what else can I do with more tools that I have today? Uh, so so yeah, that's kind of another reason that I think is very interesting to look at the historical NFT space. And you have a, a, a specific interest in on-chain. Yeah, yeah. That's because of the, the permanence element, of course. But there is, there is a lot actually related to my on-chain interest because, uh, like, I'll, I'll nerd it out a little bit now. Just kind of, you know, I hope, like, it won't get too no, uh, boring. Please. But for me, yeah, for me, like, uh, that, that's one, right? Like, the permanence element is obviously, like, one element that I talked about, like, you know, Kind of almost like a challenge towards the low attention span and, and kind of having something always there and permanent and there's of course the practical side of the permanence right like you know the servers servers uh, if they go down this this on-chain art is still there and so on but then there are also the other elements of that on-chain art that really appeals to me like one is um, this is a financial medium right this is a mostly at least it's invented as a financial medium and in that medium, I would say now, today, 90%, maybe more, of the purchases are happening through speculation. Whether that's fungible or non-fungible, uh, you know, like it is happening through speculation. Uh, and seeing, it's almost like when, when you use this financial medium for doing, storing art, it's almost a bit like, almost like sticking to the man, I guess. Like it's a bit like sticking it to the man. Like it's almost like, oh, like, you know, you're doing speculation here, but you know, I'm gonna store something that will be there to make this blockchain look more beautiful than than, than it is. Uh, yeah. It's almost a bit uh, like challenging that that speculation side of the medium, at, at least for me. Uh, so so that that's definitely another area that's appealing for me. I mean, when you see this, what happened with uh, recently with inscriptions, ordinals, and how uh, there was a reaction from uh, some of the like Bitcoin, uh, you know, users, uh, sure. as they call maximalists. Like there was a lot of reaction uh, of of using that for art purposes or storing images there. Um, and and for me, like that's almost like the the kind of one of the main appeals of that <laughs> uh, that tool for me. Like it, that that you can use it actually for art. That's like a that's great. Like you can actually almost annoying, <laughs> almost, you know, that, that annoying part is actually the appealing part for me, at least. That's another I mean, thing that I like about Unchain. Yeah. Tr you know, the idea of trolling is, is kind of a, a hallmark of crypto. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then of course there is the other side of it, right? Like, uh, you know, on Ethereum at least, and I, I think even that applies to even inscriptions and, and, you know, generally storing data in Bitcoin and anywhere else really. Um, it's a little expensive, right, to store art on the chain. And for me, uh, you know, optimization itself is a, a journey of art itself because, mm. you know, why did people store these little ships in the bottles or why did people do these, you know, miniatures in the past? That's kind of similar, I think, is, is the way I see it. Like most of the 
you know, one of one art that I've done. I, I've really, really like, I would say 80% of my work was focused on optimization of it. Like 20% was the actual aesthetic. And the other 80% was maintaining that aesthetic without like by, by reducing the size of that, uh, that file essentially. Uh, so so that, that that process itself for me is very artistic. And I've seen this in a few other artists as well, like uh, uh, Peter Plasma, uh, sorry, uh, I might have mispronounced his name, but uh, the one behind Sculptor, for example. So, you know, there is like, uh, there is that aspect that I've seen I've seen with some other artists as well. I think that element is also very interesting to me, like this optimization process. That's another reason why I'm interested mm. in on-chain art. Mm. Just because the because the rules are so clear and then to optimize within those bounds. Sort of, yeah, yeah. And then of course, maintaining this, you know, an appealing aesthetic as well within that, you know, still, while still optimizing. That's, that's I think, the goal. Do you want to... Uh talk about your practice and, and the work that you've created. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I've done a couple of things. Uh, the first, I guess, collection. So, you know, I've, I'm actually in 2021, I've done some even gen art contract, but I didn't actually deploy it on mainnet. And the sole reason behind that was really, I wasn't, I didn't want to do something that first may not sell out, but second, even if it does sell out, um, there would be this, you know, large that large base of collectors who would have bought something from me, and and I don't know. It felt almost at the time that there was a lot of expectation from people who launched collections at the time, mm -hmm. who launched collections, and I didn't want that really. So that's why I started with one of ones really in in, in 2022, and uh, I've done this collection called Art Ponzi um, with uh, with capital letters. Uh, it's a little bit of. Uh, Kind of poking fun in in the Ponzi schemes. It does it does have sort of a an airdrop mechanism, but it heart stops at tenth piece, and that's kind of the message I wanted to give because um, the way I understood, at least in crypto space, is that the Ponzi schemes, like the actual Ponzi scheme that you would see, they mostly work when uh, you keep it vague, right? Like you you're a Yuga Labs and you release a collection you don't say like oh this is the last collection you just keep releasing a new one right. dropping a new one <laughs> and that works like people buy into that speculation a lot yeah um and, and i don't like that side of, of crypto a lot and and that's why i wanted to do it this way i said like okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna do this you know one piece and then uh, you know the owner of that piece will get airdropped another piece in the next round and the owner of the second one will get airdropped the third piece and so on and on, on only until the 10th piece and then it'd be we're over that's kind of the logic I did, and the in Art Ponzi, all the all the pieces are hundred percent on chain. And uh, what I did, I guess, I tried to do things a little bit. Also, I tried to do the things that didn't exist much. At least uh, I don't know if they exist. Maybe they do. Uh, but I, you know, I'm very into glitch art, so I tried to do like this on chain glitch art. Um, so animation at the time wasn't that common in on-chain collections. So I, I kind of did that. Uh, I, I did uh, on-chain music, like uh, kind of uh, audio or music. Mm. I did some on-chain puzzles. Like, you know, every piece had some sort of some, something interesting, I think, about them. Uh, some pieces were, for example, uh, animated, but not like a loop animation, but sort of a, a, a story animation. So you have a beginning and, and a middle and an end, almost like a mini movie. Um, and uh, but it was 100% on chain, so you know this is something you can't achieve. It's something like GIF file, right? Like uh, in, in GIF, it's, you have a loop. 
Um, so it was kind of like, you know, that, that was the, at least for me, that was the interest. And also throughout that process, I, I already had some, but I improved my SVG skills, like SVG uh, file format, uh, I guess. Um, that, that was, I think, like really fun. Doing Art Ponzi was really fun. And uh, yeah, we finished the 10th piece, I think, in January or so. Um, I've done another collection in December, actually, that I haven't launched or announced yet. It's actually minted, but it's uh, I'm not announcing oh, because uh, <laughs> it's like I'm waiting for the, let's say, the right time. It's, it's a bit conceptual, that one. Cool. Um, yeah, and then um, I've done a, uh, a generative small collection uh, called ITTN, I Trust the Noise on Inscriptions. That was an audiovisual uh, one, and I kind of tried to catch being the first to do that. I, mm -hmm. I still think I think I am, but I'm not sure. Like uh, I haven't seen still, and I asked a lot of people, but uh, I might. I, I hope that it's still the first. Um, uh, so it was like audiovisual. So you have both visual and audio as itself together. Um, we do know, like, yeah, that being and claiming being first anything is always a tricky endeavor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, especially because having been into historical NFT space in the past a lot, it's like we've always seen another first coming up and then so on. So I'm a bit trying to be a bit more humble there. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and now I'm working on another generative collection on oh, Ethereum, actually. Um, cool. That, that one is going to be also, I think, fun because uh, it's also going to have some different mechanics like... Uh, that hopefully didn't exist before. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's 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 kind of my I guess uh, sort of journey with the uh, with the uh, art. You know, yeah, I, I love it. Um, you know, I'm curious because you are so well researched. Presumably, do you do you consider kind of a lot of these early you know experimental works to be undervalued? Um, some are definitely, I think, uh, but valuation is so tricky. It's like, uh, price wise, probably, I guess they are undervalued, uh, attention wise, I think definitely undervalued. Like, uh, uh, you know, when I look at some of these works and, and how, how much like, uh, they thought about actually, or how much thought they put into it, or at least how much creativity they put into it. That's, uh, that to me, like, it's super interesting. Like, I, I can't, you know, I can talk about all day about, you know, Nili coins or, or I can talk about all day about, I don't know, like pinnacles or stuff like that. Like, I can talk about those a lot. But, uh, you know, uh, from a price valuation perspective, I don't know, honestly, like, it's, it's very tricky. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you said it correct. The From an attention point of view, um, you know, and obviously... I, I struggle with this as well in, in kind of running, you know, the museum of, of like, how do we begin to like sort, classify, catalog, or even begin to like bring in certain assets into the museum in a, you know, kind of safe way as far as just like archival, what does it mean to, you know, maintain, you know, some, something for name coin or even for Bitcoin or counterparty addresses, um, you know, that is its own struggle. And, you know, I, I find that even again, I was, I was talking about this with Shivani today, 
that our attention tends to very much be forward, always kind of looking to to what is next or what people are doing when that's really not kind of the traditional role of the museum. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially like when you're, you know, especially if you're in a museum, I, I, I bet this must be hard to kind of decide, you know, the, the direction that you want to take. And, and Yeah, I mean, ultimately for historical things, we've I've always leaned into what I would consider people who are, are more expert. Yeah. 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 Yeah, history, I mean, you know, it's also a little bit of historical NFT spaces, maybe like the people in that space in general, and that includes me as well. It's a bit yeah. of the, the the fault of our, us as well, maybe. Like, you know, there is a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, you know, I guess even debate, like debates turned into maybe even personal a little bit and so on. People have their financial interests in mind when they're having those debates, so things don't go always the way that you would expect to go or you would want to go. Um, right. So that might have also put off put some people off as well. Um, and in general, the historical entity space is less, um, you can't make money just like that, right? Like, it, it, you know, I, I'm sure there are like, you know, you can make money probably, but you can't make money like in one week as you would do with flipping a PFP project or something. Right. And, and if, if NFT space overall attracted the kind of people that are interested in one week returns mostly, then maybe, maybe that's also why the attention is not much there. And, you know, maybe that, that was hard for me too, because I did see numerous times where people who, you know, called themselves NFT archeologists uh, or NFT historians, you know, found a project, accumulated a bag and then just nonstop <laughs> shilled it. Right. So when I saw, you know, how closely their interests were in just kind of the financial gain and, you know, I, it's hard for me to like even begin to validate that uh, from, from the position that, that I'm in, especially in, you know, so, you know, I always kind of look for, uh, instead of any one person, you know, what are, what are the active communities? Who are the people that care? Uh, who are the people that are still showing up to, to various events? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. Like, uh, I, I even like, you know, I will be very blunt. Like I myself am not, I have never like accumulated a shield, but uh, I've myself of guilty of calling myself, for example, at some point also NFT historian. But when you think about it, and I've done, yes, I've, I've written a lot about NFT history, uh, you know, I have a lot of articles, but uh, it's a bit weird to call yourself an NFT historian when it's like, I don't know how long is this space is like, you know, really popular two years for two years. So that's why I changed my, like, uh, you know, I just said NFT history writer. Okay, that's that's probably a bit more realistic and unhumble than, than calling yourself, uh, you know, an NFT historian. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I totally get you. Um, and, and it's not even just that, like, it's not even just, uh, you know, accumulating and shilling, but also um, even even after the fact, like, the, you reasonably or, or expectedly, you also have fights about, you know, when someone finds something new, right? The What about what happens to the people who actually accumulated something after that, like, in terms of a timestamp? So what happens then? Very, there, there will be challenges, that, and, and it happens, like, uh, you know, 
uh, oh, this is not art, or oh, this is not really, you know, supposed to be that way, or like this is on a blockchain that I don't care about, like stuff like that. You know, there will be a right. lot of also, uh, you know, controversies there, which is again, I mean, it's expected, but also, you know, it can tell you a little bit about the space in general that it can become problematic. But I, you know, in the long term, I don't see this becoming really meaningful. Like in the long term, I do think that there will be at least on an average basis, more attention on those early pioneers than, you know, last month's meta. That's yeah, I, I agree. With so, I mean, all to say you, you would consider this to be more than just a fad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. There is something fundamental about like the shift in, and, and I think the word is one that you used earlier, ownership, the idea yeah. of digital ownership, um, the idea of like shifting consumption into digital places. Uh, are you interested at all in like the, the building of digital worlds, of, of metaverses? Uh, does, does this excite you? Um, I mean, I, I do have a lot of interest in this uh, side of, and again, this is something that because only you can do with blockchain. This interoperability, interoperability, and uh, and uh, sort of this coordination side of blockchains that that's definitely interesting for me. Um, that that is maybe from a you know, I don't know if we can call that metaverse. I mean, what is metaverse? Even this is a metaverse, maybe, <laughs> like or Twitter is a metaverse. But uh, you know, from the perspective of metaverse of gaming and so on, that's not too much my interest. Uh, but but I do see a lot of uh, fun, interesting, uh, I guess, metaverse-like mechanics between uh, human coordination through blockchain mm -hmm. and uh, and interoperable contracts when you can actually compose things on top of each other. Th those are like to me this. I'm actually hoping and expecting 2023 will be very interesting from that perspective. Like I'm following a few developments that have been happening in the last, I would say, six months or so, and like some of those like really really interesting things are happening. And it's all art, to be honest. Like and then it's always what happens. Like art is already always like the driving force, and then maybe more like other like gaming use cases and so on also get adopted. But it, the starting point always becomes art, and then that's what's happening, and I'm seeing it already happening. So I'm very excited about that part. Like I can talk about more about this, by the way. Like I just didn't want to like distract too much, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm super interested in that, and I'm super interested. I don't think we've really touched on kind of you know where uh, like the technology perhaps is enabling maybe what you would call like the left of chain left. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, both. Uh, so which one do you want to go first with? <laughs> oh, that's up to you. Yeah. All right. So so let's start with the the interoperability. Uh, I'll start with a uh, collection. And my, um, I mean, I start. I can probably call him friend now. Uh, Remnant, uh, who's a who's an artist who's done some work uh, in uh, like in the like he's he's done two collections. It's the ones that I know at least. Uh, one is called Vibes, and the other one is called Reliquary. And in Reliquary, the smart contract itself, like if you read it, it's like a story. Like it's a it's a literature, like art, like itself. But just reading it, like human readable 
side of it is very interesting already. Mm -hmm. But within that contract, what he does is that uh, every token or every artwork gets uh, attached a, um, a a point or a value called mana, like uh, and and it gets accumulated in that token essentially. And once it reaches a certain level, like I think uh, 150, you can upgrade the art and make it more glitchy. Uh, these are all happening on chain, by the way. And the thing is, if you actually collect something from the previous collection, like Vibe, and burn it, you automatically get also 100 mana points. Mm. So it's like this, you know, already you have some interaction between the first and the second. Also, the ownership of the first one allows you to uh, program your own art into the into his aesthetic. So so let's say you're uh, like there is a some sort of like a you know pixel glitch aesthetic already on the artwork and if i upload there for example another pixel art of my, my own it will be there but within that aesthetic of the actual piece so there is this like a coordination between the artist and the collector themselves and it's like really really interesting stuff for me this this is like just a, a starting point right and then now um a another developer called zero Dude, he released a a new solidity um, uh, like a contract essentially uh, called scripty and that allows you to actually compose art on top of each other so you create a generic mm -hmm. collection and someone else can use the palettes from that collection to create another one and then but but easily this was always possible but with that uh, scripty essentially now it's uh, super easy and like you can I don't know, like the, the second collection can, like a third collection can bring the maybe shapes or something from the second one and build another artwork. So you kind of start to build this metaverse like, uh, you know, think, I guess, or, or arts universe sort of. So this is what I'm talking about when I say this is the kind of metaverse that I'm interested in. But it's totally possible for you know, gaming to use that that contract as well, of course. Like, it's totally possible for gaming to utilize this as well. Um, so this is the kind of thing that I'm really, really interested in, and I think that it will become bigger and bigger because this is the kind of thing that is more unique to blockchains, and, and that's, you know, not really possible in any other way in, in this scale. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm really interested in uh, that's happening in the space recently. Super cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. have to I'll check those out. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I know that it's here, but uh, yeah, and the left side of it, uh, yeah, I, I do, st I do think there is a lot of, uh, you know, this coordination element again uh, can actually help a lot with uh, the left side of the, I guess, in, in the crypto space. There aren't many of us, by the way, um, but uh, you know, we've been speaking with uh, blockchain uh, socialists uh, a lot uh, about this. Um, there's definitely some element of it. Uh, we, we are aware of, uh, you know, there will be some contrast, right? Like the space is filled with speculation and then we are aware of it. And of course, uh, that I think there is there is a, a part of it that is uh, possible to do with less hype. Um, that it is possible to, I think, form communities without actually, you know, falling into this hype mechanics. Um, I, I, I think that soulbound tokens are pretty good for that, uh, you know, for forming communities that are around a, a specific, uh, a specific, I guess, idea, right? Um, and particularly the collective ownership side uh, is very interesting for me because uh, mm. it's not even just DAOs. Yes, like DAO obviously is interesting, like for, for any leftist, I think, in the space, like you can much 
much better coordinate with uh, with crypto than at least globally than anywhere else. I, I still believe that. But uh, also from a collective ownership perspective, like you can imagine a, this is something I think you talked about with one of your guests even, I don't remember who, uh, might be Sterling Crispin. Um, that's sort of, you can have a, an almost like an art house, right? Where you have, you have, you have the ownership by the artists and you know every piece gets percentage share goes into the the art house treasury for example and that can be actually used to to bring up new artists up and coming artists so there is a lot of i think value to explore in in that area if i actually ever you know if i ever really you know be financially secure enough that i can quit my job and focus only on crypto i think this is the kind of thing that i want to explore the most like this this sort of uh, bringing a collective ownership for artists who are uh, you know trying to essentially bring their art to the world um yeah so so these are the kind of things that are um, I, I find value for a, a leftist in crypto space you know i think there would be a lot of artist collectives interested in pursuing that but they just don't have or the, the means or the know-how to begin to set that up um you know yeah I, the, go ahead yeah, the tooling tooling hasn't been. I mean, it is hundred percent possible. Like, it's absolutely possible to do totally. to do this. It's just like you said, it's not very easy to do right now. But there will be a time when these things will be very easy to do it with a few clicks and 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 securely and 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 safely and 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 really like uh, I guess sensibly, and 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 then I think I hope at least it will take off. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've I've been monitoring closely what Nouns uh, is is doing as far as just the systems that they use to implement and mm -hmm. and and you know and fund and allocate towards their DAO. That is certainly interesting. I've always called the museum kind of a, a DAO in transition because I I don't personally think the tooling is is really there um, to enable the type of decentralization that we want. Although it's you know, a major goal for me this year to continue to push like the decision making into the community of what we explore and, and what goes in and what we showcase and what we talk about. Um, because I think this is really kind of just like the, the most interesting and, and fundamental part of this movement is just returning all of like the, the power to the people that actually care. How do you how do you see the museum uh, in an ideal you know, decentralized uh, model? Like what is the ultimate, uh, I guess? Uh, well, you know, I, I would say, uh, you know, first is going to empower the artists that are in our Genesis collection, right? So really have the artists be the largest stakeholders in the decision-making in the direction of it. Um, one, because most of them were, you know, there to, to know the history and you know from from their interested people who want to kind of participate uh can can acquire the token but you know we've done various airdrops uh i, I think we did an airdrop to all of the open sea users prior to december of 2020 uh and we're queuing up an airdrop of the mocha token to all of the artists who are in the genesis collection um, but I want, before we do that, I want to round it out a little bit more. 
Um, so kind of doing a solicitation for donations and then using, you know, a tool like Snapshot for them to begin to decide and, and dictate programming. Um, and also, you know, finding ways to empower uh, and encourage people to begin to show off the art in their collection and to like care about it and to go back and talk about, you know, why, why they bought this art and what this artist meant to them and uh, how does, you know, architecture and, you know, 3D models in general become uh, as valued as, you know, the JPEG has uh, yeah. because I think there's a, a dislocation of value that uh, still exists there. Yeah. Uh, how how do you like? Do you plan to use Mocha Token for for the governance or for for everything? Yeah. You know, Mocha. I think I see everything that we did in order as additive, and I think we're pretty close to uh, the full tech stack that I envision us creating. Now it's mm -hmm. just about driving. Uh, more users into it, having more stories told, having more art being shown and showcased. And again, trying to turn people off of this, like, what's next, what's next, what's next, and really revisit, like, the, the building blocks and the artists that were fundamental in, in shaping and, and building this, uh, this ecosystem. It's always interesting, isn't it? Like, with uh, with governance, I mean, I, I'm in a, in a DAO and almost like a, I guess starting one of the founding members of the DAO in, in like printing codes, but uh, I always found it difficult to find a way to like, how do you align the financial side mm -hmm. of a token with the gover governance when you know in the end of the day, do we want to basically really listen to the person who paid the most essentially, or or is it more about uh, you know some sort of selection process? So there's like always there is that uh, kind of interesting conversations about yeah. governance and the tokens. You know, I think re, you know, releasing as much as possible to ideally the people who you think would have the highest vested yeah. interest yeah. Um, in keeping and telling that story. And from there, you know, it's, it's like arts, right? You know, you can give yeah. it away to the people that you think are the best stewards, but eventually they, they may or they may not sell it. And, yeah. you know, that's just kind of the nature of these markets. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, we're at time, so would love for you to let people know any last words that you might have and, and certainly where to find you. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm, uh, yeah, I guess uh, the thing that I wanted to tell people is really, um, I hope you will continue, like, whoever is listening to this probably is interested in a little bit of that art side of the, the NFT space, and I hope you're kind of continuing the developments in that space. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter as a chain leftist handle, or you can look at my website, chainleft.art. Uh, that website is actually not fully finished. It's just sort of like uh, the last collection that I made is there now only, but uh, I'll hopefully at some point update that to have reflective of the everything I've done. Um, and also I'm hoping to release a new collection in April. Uh, I'm kind of pretty far ahead actually in terms of, uh, the actual uh, generative side of it and the contract, but uh, you know there are things that I want to add to it that is a little bit, I guess, different. Uh, so, so I want to hopefully finish that. <laughs> yeah, and awesome. and I would love people to to you know look at it. Well, I'm super super grateful for the time. 
Um, I guess we'll we'll say goodbye here. I'm Colborn Bell. Super big thank you and a lot of gratitude to Dementi for putting us together. Uh, and we were joined today by Chain Left. Thanks, Colborn. Thanks, Dementi. Bye. Th thanks, everybody. Breaking news. Breaking news.